Right, there we are. That's better. Hey, friends. We are back. We are with a longtime friend. Colin doing it full circle here with da-da-da, Ray McDermott. Ray McDermott, introduce yourself, sir. Hello. My name is Ray. <laughs> I don't know why. I feel like this should be, you know, a kind of Lambda Lounge voice, but... uh Welcome to Lost in Lambdas, where we talk to blah, blah, blah. Now, I'll do that, that, that audio afterwards. Actually, yeah, okay. this is already going to be, I already have to do more editing in this. In this from, we we, no, we started, we started, and Ray is like, it was like five, four, three, two. And he goes, hold on, let me get a glass of wine. And then he runs yeah, off. Well, yeah. It's evening over here, you know, I need to be relaxed uh, to give my best. You know. Yes, yes. Well, well, it's not really typical for you. You're always the host, and and now you get to kick back. The tables are turned. Yes, indeed. You know, I do the same amount of preparation in both situations. In fairness, you know. <laughs> I know. But I do know you. That's that's good. You know, <laughs> I don't know most of the guests, so. So you know, you know that I'm. So I'm cheating. I think we're both cheating a little bit here. A little bit. Well, that's how I liked it. That's how I liked it. The easiest, the easiest, best pod, 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 Todd, podcast, podcast, podcast. I'm not time, drinking. Yeah. It is, it is two, <laughs> two in the afternoon for me. I am not drinking. Okay. Well, it's, you know, it's past the, uh, it's past noon. So I think in you know, most places you're allowed a little snifter if you want one. Oh, us cowboys over in the U.S. here, we say, um, it's five o'clock somewhere. And then we drink Bud Light. That's ah, like our, for, yeah. it's like our thing yeah, yeah. here. Um, yeah. Oh. Okay, five o'clock. Yeah, that's a shame. It's eleven o'clock in the morning over here. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in Belgium, they like to drink any time. You know, any place, any time. And you know, if you go like to a bar for a coffee or something in the morning, you know, and you'll always find a few old guys. You know, I say it like I'm a youth, but uh, you'll always find a few like old guys sitting at the bar at eight or nine o'clock in the morning with a pincher, with a you know some some local brew. Some hair of the dog, as they say. Oh, yeah, you know, it's a, just a constant refill. I think. It's like, <laughs> so that's exciting. A bottomless glass. I can't wait. Um, I get to get very European with you this summer. Um, I'll see you at Closure oh, yeah. D. That's Sydney. me. That's me introducing the con- the, the topic of Closure <clears throat> D. I'll see you at Closure D. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, one one of the reasons. Um, that you invited me on uh, was because um, we wanted to we wanted to talk about what's going on with uh, with closure D in general. But yeah, specifically, I'm actually going to um, yeah I'm going to host a workshop there about a project that I'm starting up. I've started it, but uh, I want to get a bit more momentum uh, in real life with real people uh, at a workshop in closure D. And it's all about uh, a new editor that's that's going to be written in Clojure and Clojure Script and using like Clojure full stack to edit Clojure. So you know it's an old idea um, that has been tried several times and it's never quite worked out. But I think I think that everything is kind of propitious at this moment. That's a nice word, isn't it? Yeah. Everything is uh, good for uh, you know everything is sort of ready, primed for this possibility. And, and I, I will obviously explain a little bit more as we go along. Yes, I have so many questions. One, and so we're talking tooling, we're talking an editor, we're talking 
along the line. You're, you're trying to replace Emacs is what I'm hearing. How does VJ feel about this? <laughs> I didn't ask his permission. I'm sorry. You know, it's like, <laughs> I mentioned it to him. He was like, you know, screaming in horror. But, uh, you know, he's, <laughs> I mentioned many things to him. He screams in horror. So, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what was the inspiration? Yeah, but it's, uh, it's one of these things where uh, I, I, I think Emacs, the, the nice thing about Emacs, the thing that's wonderful about Emacs, although I'm not an Emacs user, the thing that I think has made Emacs such a great thing is that, you know, if, if you're like a Lisp programmer, then you, you write your editor in Lisp and you edit Lisp in Lisp. And it's like a kind of my metacircular editor almost, you know. Uh, so, um, and I think because Clojure is a Lisp, well, why not have an editor in, in Clojure? I mean, I'm joking that it's going to be a replacement for Emacs and Vim and Cursive and all this stuff. But yeah, it'll be a replacement as far as I'm concerned for that. But but that's it's a long way off. I mean, replacing those things is a you know, it's a life lifetime's work. But um, you know, so it's a bit tongue in cheek. But but the idea is that it should offer the facilities that those things offer. You know, and more. I hope, um, and we should get. I'm trying to obviously explain it a bit more on this podcast. I'll explain it more at Closure D, and get a few people interested and involved, and you know, build a little band of merry replacers. Yeah. That's the idea anyway. Yeah. Well, I can go into a bit more detail again, but ask me more questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> d- 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> who's the intended demographic um, here? And I ask that with a, uh, with a hope what the answer will be, but I'll let you, okay, I'll let you answer. Who is the intended demographic? Well, the intended demographic is, uh, initially the intended demographic is me. So that's a, it's a very narrow demographic. So, um, and I think I remember Rich Hickey saying one time that if he got closure working and he got his friend to adopt it um, or to try it out, then he would count it as a success. Now, I'm not going to say that VJ has to adopt it, but it would be nice if you tried it out, you know, or you. If somebody that, that I knew tried it out and thought it was OK, then I would count that as a success. But... Um, I've kind of talked to a lot of people about this and, and you know, I, I think I've got an inkling about where you think it should be going, but I, and I kind of thought that too, but it's all kind of like misty at the moment. But the reason, the reason it's, it's, it's not aimed at a particular group at the moment is because I want to just prove, like, I want to do like a technical spike, if you like, of all the ideas. And... And I think then once we've got the infrastructure in place, like the, the skeleton of or the infrastructure for the whole thing, then we can shape it for a particular demographic. And, and maybe it can, I mean, I'm hoping that it can, it can supply uh, a broad demographic if it's, if it's, if it's done well. Uh, but, it's, but it's such an early stage at this point that um, I remember talking to Philippa, Philippa Margovic, uh, and she'll be there at Closure Day, I'm sure. Um, and, and she was saying, to just just get the thing working and then worry about the beginner's experience or the experienced person or, you know, whoever the demographic is. I mean, the main thing is it's aimed at Closure programmers, by the way. It's not aimed at JavaScript programmers or Xcode programmers. It's aimed at, you know, Closure and Closure Script. That's all you're able to do with this thing. Um, but in fact, you're not able to do that yet. But eventually, that's that's what you'll be able to do. But and only those languages, maybe it's a little bit of you know HTML or a bit of JavaScript, because you need to. And 
the nice thing about the the tech stack I'm using is uh, that the the browser stuff and all these kind of things can uh, it's using a thing called Code Mirror, and Code Mirror supports a myriad of languages. So I don't need to do very much beyond with those other languages, but I will be adding a lot of value to Clojure. Um, and the reason I'll be doing that is because I want to actually do something radical and make code, code is data, data is code. We always hear that bullshit, yeah? But I want to make that true. I, that, that's my goal. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think it's true today. Yeah, yeah. I um, okay. I have so many questions um, because that's something yeah, that keep I coming. keep them coming. I really yeah. love about Emacs is is that it's all just files, and then once you just see that, and you you know, it's very um, I guess self reflective in that way. Oh, I want something. I'll just I'll I'll, I'll write macro to do it. Um, but then lately, I've been um, I was sharing with you earlier that I've been using IntelliJ now that I'm a vouch and I have just. It's a very, very complex system, and I just needed, I guess, better tooling support to be able to think about these problems, you know, when I have 10 repos open. Um, And the GUI and, you know, having all those things are very nice, but then you you lose the thing that, oh, if this thing doesn't exist, it doesn't exist. I can't make it. I can't do anything with it. Um, And that is, that is frustrating as someone who's, you know, kind of grown up in Emacs. Um, what, what do you mean by that? Something doesn't exist and you want to make it exist. So uh, what I, for example, in Emacs, if I know I'm going to do like a, rep- a repeated, i um, doing refactoring and want to do something repeatedly, I know that I can, oh, is mm. it uh, control X nine and I can create a macro and then repeat it. I just have so much flexibility with um, creating, um, creating what I want to do in the IDE versus IntelliJ. Maybe I just haven't figured that out yet, but it seems to me that like if support for the thing that you want to do does not exist, there's no way to write it in there. You, you know, you get what they give you and they give you a, lo- a huge suite of amazing things. No, but, yeah, but this is that you're making a great point there. And, uh, and, and, and the reason you don't, you can't do that. And this is true of every other editor in, and kind of including Emacs as well to be honest is that um, you know because you're looking at things that you've got in Emacs but if you want something from Emacs that isn't there you're also screwed okay unless you know um, Emacs Lisp or you know so if you're using VS Code you need to know TypeScript if you're using Cursive I- I- assuming yeah. Colin open source it you would need to know Kotlin um, and probably you know Java as well, and you'd need to know the framework of uh, of IntelliJ. Uh, but that, that's those are big barriers. Those are huge barriers to um, to you being able to hack on the editor. And that's my point: is that if we write an editor in Clojure and Clojure Script, then we as Clojure and Clojure programmers. If it doesn't exist, we can hack it. We can make it work. We can. And the barrier to us as developers, as Clojure developers is yeah it's 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 zero you know it's an open source it will it, well it's an open source project already and it will continue to be obviously um so you'll just be able to you know either contribute if it's if it's something that's useful to everybody or you'll just be able to hack it and make it yourself and be happy you know mm-hmm. um okay my next question so i mean i i, I totally agree with that, that but you know that you want you know the editor should be hackable 
you know, and, and my kind of point to some extent is that none of these editors are hackable. I mean, I know that people say Emacs, Emacs is hackable, but but only if you've went through that pain barrier and it's an extra barrier if you're a closure programmer. Yeah, yeah, I totally, totally agree. Um, okay, my next question has to do with um, tooling because this is something that I have also, um, I guess, seen... I've seen some things, so um, I guess growing up... You've seen some things. You're like that guy in Blade Runner, you know? Yes, yes. I've seen some I stood things. at the end of the universe, you know. It's like, oh. And yeah. it's, um, I guess, how many, how many opinions are you going to let your users have with their REPL tooling? If, does that question make sense to you? Sure. Um, I... Okay, so maybe I should talk a little bit about um, the architecture of the project because that to some extent informs the answer, you know. Um, the the general idea, and maybe I should give you, I should work on my pitch for this thing, actually. <laughs> That's, what I That's why we're here, do. yeah. Yeah, so so, so I, I can, I, the elevator pitch, I'll give you like five minutes on it, yeah. Um, and then I, we can circle back to this opinions thing because it's definitely important to me. Um, right, so the idea is that this tool, this uh, replacement, it should have uh, like a full stack thing. So it should be a closure script. Uh, imagine you're, you know, you're starting a new application and you're a, you're a closure script, uh, you're a closure developer. What are you going to do? What's your, what's your place of, what's your Zen place? It's going to be a nice closure script front end with a modern UI. Or maybe if you're really like on the on the on the on the edge and you're really vibing, you maybe just go humble UI, you know, with the Flutter stuff that's really coming up now. You know, it's actually becoming a thing. So you know, but let's assume for the moment that we're gonna go like vanilla 2021, let's say, uh, which is you know a React closure script app uh, on the web, and then you're gonna be sending data. Uh, over a, some WebSocket, I guess, that's what I'm doing anyway, over some WebSocket to a back end. And that WebSocket at the back end is going to be, you know, it's going to be Eden flowing backwards and forwards. It might be transit, you know, it's fine. It, but it's not going to be JSON. Screw that. It's going to be Eden or transit, <laughs> one of the two. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't like, I don't like the fuss. So Eden is good enough for me, you know. If we really need to improve things later on, we can migrate, no problem. It's all fine. So, so you've got the closure script front end, you've got the Eden over a WebSocket, and then you've got something at the back end. You've got some nice server that that is able to look at the forms that you're editing and do some analysis on them on the fly. Um, it can also what it can do, which is really important, is when you introduce a new form, uh, a new a new var. So you you know def and foo in your namespace then it will, it will assign uh, an ID to that var, okay? So, and then what it will do is it will persist that, okay? So, and it will persist that in, a, in an immutable database. So think Datomic, think XT, think Asami, think, you know, DataHike, one of these uh, backend databases. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I haven't actually quite started with that yet, but, but it's one of those, one of those kind of choices, essentially. Probably, to be honest, I'll probably start with XT, um, just because it's kind of like more more mature than it is more mature than others at the moment. Um, but so that's the so that's the, that's the idea. So you, you have some code at the front end, 
it's it's getting like reactively sent to the back end for analysis and then it's going back to the front end with some updated information and id for the vars and you know potentially if there's data in the database that's relevant to this particular editing that you're doing then it can give you more information about that you know maybe it's what you know um where it's being called or where who's what you're calling you know all those kind of like uh, path type things um maybe it gives you some auto completions blah 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 so all, all the kind of nrepl type things um that's what this thing will do so the nice thing about it is that it will yeah it, it will it will have uh it will treat your code as if it's uh, some business data essentially um, I think that's another way. That's another way of, of thinking about it. You know, that it's some nice, nice information that you, as a customer, are inputting to the system. You know, <laughs> so instead of like typing in like your customer ID and your, you know, your transactions for your bank or whatever, you're typing in some code, and this system is essentially treating it as precious data, precious information, and it's storing it and saving it and all that kind of stuff. You don't have to worry about Git and stuff like that. That's you know, that's another consideration. I do everything that Git does for all for your system through this immutable database. Um, so yeah, it's it, so that's that's the sort of elevator pitch essentially. It replaces everything, <laughs> <laughs> but it's based upon an idea that Rich Icky had uh, for quite a few years ago called Codec, um, where he essentially took Git, a Git repository, sucked it into Datomic, and then did some analysis on it. And the the ideas behind Codec, which I think are really fascinating, and I think you know people they should look at it because it's a, it's a really good thing. The main idea behind Codec was that you should be able to analyze your code in a semantic way. So you should be able to look at code not in a text way that Git does, because Git doesn't drop down below text blobs, you know. Um, whereas Clojure obviously operates on on forms, on vars, and stuff like that. So if you can do, for instance, structural diffing, you know, if you can take the form that you've got now and the form that you had an hour ago and do a comparison, uh, then that's really good. It's not line by line, you know, it's it's really like, oh yeah, you've changed these parameters, that one parameter, you know, and you can, you can highlight it, you can do all kinds of nice things with semantic awareness. You know, once you've got awareness in the tooling of your language, then you can, you know, be you know go to the next level in terms of feedback to the developer so that's the idea that's the general idea so now we're coming back to opinions and uh see i did get back <laughs> i'm not sure if it's five minutes yet i've gone under my time but <laughs> uh so we get back to a bit now you know i'm gonna have an opinion to start with that that uh because i know it i'll just do a browser-based thing and you know it will it will use this data in a way that hopefully is useful. Um, but other people I've spoken to might want to use Emacs or Vim or whatever, you know, or, you know, again, we might decide after six months or a year that, that this whole React browser thing is a bit annoying and this Flutter thing is really taking off um, with the closure Dart stuff that's upcoming. So we put that in the bin and we move over to, to Dart. And that, you know, and that's fine because Basically, you can you can you know the front end is is sort of selectable. The the, the protocol the protocol will be a kind of like advanced NREPL in my opinion. You know, I mean NREPL is is really about evaluating forms, 
And this protocol will be about evaluating forms for sure, but also providing you with extra data, historical data, information about that form and that ID that is just, you can't get from a REPL. You've got to get it from some, some index, some database elsewhere. And um, it's the kind of thing which, you know, you look at a lot of the tooling these days and it's, it's, all, it's all very in the moment, you know? It's all very, like, I'm looking at your code right now. And there's no, apart from Git, there's no analysis of the code uh, in the last hour or the last few days. It's all, it's all segmented by pull requests, basically. And it's also segmented across repos rather than by projects. Um, so you can't, you can't like grab a coalesced view of your code for this project. You, you know, you've got, to, you've got to do it all by all in separate repos. So all of these kind of frictions to me are annoying and I would quite like to dispense with them. So, I mean, you know, that's, a, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I do, I do still have questions. So it sounds like Of course, you're... yeah, I mean, it's a ridiculous idea, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because what I'm hearing is that you're not picking sides with a REPL. You are doing things similar to NREPL, but I didn't hear you say um, <clears throat> that you really, that you have one that you're leveraging or embracing like a pre-existing REPL. You're instead leveraging the immutable Oh, no, no, database. no, no. Is that? No, I, I am, I am, I am picking sides on REPLs. Oh, which um, side? Ooh. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> I've chosen the PREPL. Oh, that's pro yeah, proto REPL. Is, uh, Prepl? No, no, it's uh, the programmable REPL, which is in Clojure one point ten. Um, who knew? Yeah, um, I know. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> Am I allowed to swear here? By the way, I think so. I, I uh, okay. You can always maybe, bleep it out yeah, if was not. I supposed to do a trigger yeah. warning? No, I think we curse. We curse on here. We do. Okay, just just to be sure. Yeah, um, I'm not going to get into anything. You know, too emotional <laughs> although, although people might get emotional about the editors i guess oh, <laughs> well, people get emotional about the editors so programmable REPL. so i don't you know, okay i'm going through the REPLs that i know okay and REPL. i know socket REPL. i know proto REPL. i know krell REPL. right right yeah <laughs> the yeah, programmable yeah, yeah. REPL. i mean yeah it ships with closure you said it ships with closure yeah closure 1.10 it's been there since 1.10 um and so what's the idea the idea is behind uh, p REPL is that you send a form to the pREPL um, and it comes back as data. That is the killer idea of the pREPL. It doesn't come back as some sort of, you know, uh, B encoded or JSON or Eden envelope or whatever. It comes back as some simple data. And the, so there are, let's say, to keep it simple, because that's, you know, people can look this up uh, outside of this podcast. But there are three there are three basic types of information coming back from a pREPL. One is the evaluation result. Um, so you can imagine you've got a map and there's a thing called uh, there's a thing called uh, tag, and that and the key called the key called tag tells you what type of value this is. So it can be tagged either as a return value ret, and that's that's the actual the value is the the returned value of the evaluation. Yeah. So plus one, two, and the val ret tag is three. Um, if you do a println or something like that, it will get a tag called out, and and that's going to stand it out. If you're going to get a warning or something like that, you'll get a tag er, 
Uh, Arr. Arr. <laughs> the pirate warning. Yeah, <laughs> you'll get you'll get a tag, uh, and that will tell you. Oh, that that's meant for standard error. Okay, that's an error. It's not. So it's a bit like segmenting the the the. And I think that's what nrepl does as well. By the way, something similar to that is it has it has uh, essentially channels for standard out standard error and the return code. So, and I really like this, you know, and um, I, I, it's it's something which appeals to me from a from a like code as data data as code perspective. Uh, you don't have to you don't have to learn anything particularly clever. It's very simple. Um, now, you know, one of the downsides of it is that it is so simple. Yeah, you know? so it's pretty raw, pretty basic. Um, so I've had to put a little bit of effort into to making some improvements on it, and in fact. Uh, I haven't, I, I, I'm making a patch on the Clojure core, <laughs> my first ever patch uh, to, to Clojure and uh, Alex Miller uh, reinstated me as a Jira user oh. yesterday, so, so that's good. So I mean, it's a trivial, it really is a trivial, trivial patch, about four lines or something, um, but it's to the prepple and hopefully it will make it a bit more... Yeah, it will make it improved. But you know, so so this P repl, uh, yeah, it's it's it's. A, it, I think a lot of people looked at it and and moved away from it because it's you know it's not quite working properly or whatever. And it's also you know there's N repl exists and so screw it. There's all the tooling there. Let's do that. But I but I figured well you know I'm 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 kind of here for closure and I'll just t I'll take. You know, maybe call me a fanboy or something, but I'll take what Rich is giving and I'll I'll use that to the best of my ability and I'll make some patches if necessary and either in my own code or and hopefully they'll accept it if, if I make a change there. So, you know, so that's what I'm going with. And it's a very it's a very nice, very simple uh REPL, like I say. But it but it just looks like, you know, to a large extent you just feed it forms and you get back results, you know? You know, my my stuff is a bit more complicated than that because I want to have multiple users and I want to do collaboration over this thing, so I'm using Core Async on top of it. So you know, it's a bit more complicated, but not that much more. Not that much more. Anyway, you know, so so that's that's the, that's the, the that's the idea behind the REPL itself is that, that it uses this P REPL and you get back data. The nice thing about that, of course, is that you know you can just merge that data back with any other protocol data so you know information about the var all this kind of stuff it can all just come back in in one chunk or in several chunks whatever you want you know it's just all data that's flowing backwards and forwards wow okay that's this is all this is all sounding really interesting but i think the part i'd like to highlight though i, mean, I don't have to you know i don't have to extend and repl or anything like that i just have to take an existing REPL and just merge back the data well you know i think we have other kind of the reason i asked that question is because i do think that we have enough we have enough closure tooling built up around NREPL, you know, to the point that for the first like year or two of my career, I didn't even know that something beyond NREPL existed because that's just what was shipped with the tools that I was using. Um, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. And so it's and it's fine, yeah. you know. It's just, it, I'm not I'm not knocking NREPL. Mm -hmm. um, I just don't see it. It's just for me, it wasn't. It didn't seem as uh, extendable as flexible, mm -hmm. you know. So. It's kind of what it is, and the people who are looking after it are looking after it, and that's all good. But I wanted to go a different way. Um, another question is: I, I, you were speaking um, a bit about um, kind of semantic analysis. Um, are you going to use something like mm -hmm. Closure LSP to achieve that? 
No. Elaborate. Go on. Okay. Well, are you doing your own bespoke version? Uh, is 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 uh? Yeah. Tell me more. I mean, you could argue that I am, or I would argue that that uh, the existing tools are quite uh, bespoke um, and quite uh, baroque. So my my my, what I'm going to use is spec. Oh, oh. Cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is how. So, but how, you know? But I, okay, go on. Go so, on. So, so the interesting question is like, how does closure work? Yeah, <laughs> closure. You know, you type stuff in at closure and you send it to the evaluator to the compiler, and if you get your form wrong, what happens? Yeah. At the in the past, it was all this like. You know, stack traces all over the That's place. That's what I was thinking it's in still my a head. Bit like that. I was, I was doing like yeah, the still, like burning, it's, it's, like <laughs> the, that meme with the with the girl burning, like na 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 na. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's still a bit like that with the with the stack traces. But what's really interesting about it now is that um, what they do is they apply specs to your forms. So if they see a defen or something like that, they will apply a spec to it. Um, and then it'll give you back a, like a meaningful message that says, you know, it doesn't conform to the spec. It's, you know, it doesn't have like the vector or it doesn't have, you know, you're missing the body or something like that. Well, yeah, your body is optional anyway, but bizarrely. But the, uh, so the but the, but the, you know, the general idea is that if you do some kind of bit of closure, that it will, it will apply these specs um, and then you'll get some meaningful error message out of it. So my, my sort of, dumb brain thinks well why don't we just use these in our tooling and and you know the question is well why don't we and and the answer fundamentally to the people you know from the people that I've spoken to in the community about this is well it's alpha why can you know why should we trust in it because it's alpha uh, we know spectrum is coming sorry that's my that's well, my response no, to that but go on <laughs> no but it's but it's it's a fair point you know if you're going to if you're going to invest in tooling um, and and people are going to use it. You know, if you if you're going to sink like you know a year of your life into making a tool to do analysis of closure code, you know, um, and then spec two comes along and you have to rewrite it all, then you know that's a that's a horrible situation. So I, I get it. I get why people have made that decision, and it, it did cause some hesitancy to me, to be honest, for me. Um, but but in the end, I figured well. If, if it has to be rewritten, it has to be rewritten. You know, um, I just, it's just going to be one of those things where if I, if I take this approach to start with, there, there will be a clear path from spec one to spec two, or it will just be some work, it, you know, but the actual principle of it, as long as I, you know, I'm, I'm taking, like I say, a principled approach where I'm going to use the spec tooling to, on the basis that, that the compiler uses that spec to prove that it's correct. So I, I feel like it's a, I mean, maybe this is too, maybe this is too strong, but it's a sort of, it's, it's leveraging what's already there in terms of like correctness, because, you know, if, if you're using some external tooling that someone else has written, that's an opinion that they have. It's not an opinion that the core team have or the compiler has. So, and so my perspective is that if it passes the spec, then, then it's kind of good, you know? Well, so I don't have to, I don't have to like, you know, second guess anything, you know, but there are some added values. Yeah. Um, because uh, 
I don't know. I, again, I don't know how much you've delved into spec or the kind of various tooling around spec, but it has it has these two other two other. There's lots of different like parts to spec, but it has two specific functions that I like a lot. One of which is conform, and the other one, the complement to that, unform. Now, what conform does is it, it it's it's basically used as part of this checking thing, yeah. So you can you can know you could say is it valid against the spec, or you can conform. If you conform like some closure code against the def and spec, do you know what happens? No, that's a no for the audience. Oh you know, yeah, I'm, like, I'm, she's shaking I'm, her I'm shaking my head. She's shaking her I'm head. Trying to, I'm stacking up a queue of questions and I'm trying to balance all of them all <laughs> as, right. as, as we're going on. And so I'm just concentrating so hard. I, like, I shouldn't ask you anything then. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got like 10 the stack, in the queue. The stack is building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're about to get a pop. Like, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Overflow. Yes, Sorgaster. So, what was even this question? Now I don't even remember. Okay. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So, what happens if if you if you if you say uh, you take some you take you take like a defin statement, mm -hmm. and uh, you feed it, you say, okay, does this uh, defin conform? What happens? Well, what happens is that um, when you say conform on a spec to some input, it will produce a map. It will produce a map of data. It will actually produce data. This is epic. Yeah, because you conform the def and the code that you've written, you conform it and you get data. That's what that's what it means for code to be data and data to be code. Because guess what? Unform takes that data and makes it code again. So with this small insight, yeah, and this is not my insight by the way. This is David Nolan's insight from a long time ago. You know, so you know, kudos to that dude. You know, what who knew he was D smart? David. But, David um, who? <laughs> okay yeah i know this 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 guy <laughs> yeah so so uh and I, I i funnily enough i did speak to him a little while ago about this and he was um you know he was thinking it was pretty good uh so well uh, didn't he do uh he when we first started this is this is actually the question about to pop off the stack i'll take the opportunity mm -hmm. to say something about it is he did um wasn't he Lighttable? I actually found out kind of recently because I had used Lighttable and but before I knew anything, and um, somebody I think somebody mentioned to me that he made Lighttable, but now you know it's it's kind of no he didn't no no, no. who made Lighttable do no, we know that was want... Chris Granger made Chris that Gra oh, okay. Chris Chris Granger yeah and, and I, I'll make a special mention to Chris by the way because I think he, I think he's uh, left the closure community now but that's you know no shame on him but. Light table was one of, was was a kind of uh, precursor to what I'm trying to do to yeah. some extent, but the problem with light table was that or the, not the problem with light table. Light table was a great was you know it was a very good tool and I think there are some people fiddling with it still, um, but it was it was made at the time it was made like ten years ago and it was like everything was so fresh so like I mean it was bleeding edge to the hilt you know. And there weren't as much many things in the ecosystem, you know. These, I don't even know if the atomic existed, and even if it had done, I don't know if he would have made any sense of it. Um, and there was many things in the close script world that you know, many kind of like rough edges and that kind of stuff. So, so my, my anyway, my point is that I think it was a massive ambitious project, um, and you know, he and a team of people were focusing on kind of like how to make a new type of editor on the like Brett Victor scale, you know? I don't know if you know Brett Victor's stuff. 
Is that a shaking your head again? No, yeah. no. Okay. Well, I try to keep myself <laughs> on mute. You've got to say no on a okay. podcast. Okay. okay, I have a horrible, and everyone has, if you listen to my podcast, you know this habit I have where I like to do active listening, and then I'll, I'll forget, and I'll go, right. uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I like uh-huh. to type up show notes also while we're talking because, again, the stack is about to overflow over here. So when I have myself on mute, right. I'm nodding to you like, come on, keep going, Ray. Go right. on. This okay, is, what a, going, what a meta going. podcast okay. we're what We keep going on these like meta strings about. Okay. It's all good. This is, this is how we can live our lives. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so Light Table, they were focused yes. on... They, they were focused on making a, a new style of editor, which was about like um, like intense feedback and closure and closure and all that kind of stuff, and making it very closure specific. And so you know, it was it was a great idea, and I and I want to I definitely want to um, follow that spirit for sure. You know, um, I just think I just th- like I said at the beginning, I think it's a bit easier today than it was ten years ago. So there's no no shame in in that effort, and also I think. I think also lesson learned from that project was that they tried to expand the number of languages and the support and that kind of stuff. And and it was also, I think they took some money to, to accelerate the progress, um, which, you know, fine, you know, it, it's totally, totally legitimate to do that. But, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of not in a hurry. Um, it's, it's going to take us, it's good food. It takes a long time to make, you know, um, we're just, we're just going to keep on chipping away at it and just, so it's it's you know so it's not a project with any specific uh timeline or like urgent pressures from vcs or anything like that it's just let's just keep going build a small community up to 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 make it real uh so that's the that's the idea yeah so anyway that's uh back to, so back to i can't remember where we were now popping off the stack um, okay, <laughs> so things are copacetic. We went on the light table thread. I call them threads and channels yeah. in my head. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah. We were talking about spec. We were talking about David and spec. Yeah, spec and how and how you're basing yeah. your um, instead of using a tool such as like Closure LSP, you're actually leveraging uh, a Closure internal. Oh, okay. Hold on, I'll I'll pop another thing off the stack here. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I actually I I love that idea because. When you're choosing to use other people's tools, you know, like you said, you're kind of subjugating to yourselves to kind of their opinions, their life. Their, you're kind of at their mercy. You know who has never screwed us? The Closure Core team. Like they don't, they're, you know, as far as I know, and I'm sure there's like exceptions here, but like no breaking changes, no major version update. Everything is going to crash and burn and horrible. And that's something that they really embrace is that. Definitely. You know, not yeah. screwing over their users and also not putting out a new version just for the sake of a new, you know. Um, and so mm-hmm. if spec alpha, like my personal opinions on it is I love spec. And if spec alpha works, is, you know, I don't I don't really see a, a kind of um, when I hear people complain about it, is it ever going to be finished, ever going to be done? It's like, well, you know, I've I've used it in a casual in a casual way. I'm not a power user by any means, but mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. my in my experience, it does what I want it to do. It works, even though it has the alpha tag on it, and you know that does indicate mm-hmm. in most other languages and projects. You know, it means they have the right to mer- to have breaking changes with the new version. I'm sure, but I really mm-hmm. don't think that's what they are going to avoid that at all costs if they can i'm oh, confident sure. I mean, of that. it's going to be called alpha 2 for sure yeah they know <laughs> they've already made that they've, well they've made that clear they've already announced that essentially mm-hmm. so they won't change the existing spec 
Yeah. So, um, so it's a good but, bet. You know, yeah. So the, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the, 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 so they have the, the core team do like the specs for core for core closure, but they don't they don't do things like for map and so they do it for the language, but they don't do it for the library. Um, so there's a there's a project, and I can't remember the name of the project now that that um, that Bork dude did, and some other people. Um, should, should I just start anyway, listing Bork dude projects? I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm not sure I have a big I enough brain. I don't think you'll know this one because it doesn't. It doesn't mean touch for a little while. It's not one of his like you know. Um, it's not one of the world changing projects. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, it is. But but it, the idea behind this project, um, and it will it will come to me in a minute, or maybe it won't. But we can put it in the show notes later. Um, is that there's a there's a project where basically they they try and spec the core library. Um, the standard library of closure. So, you know, they have specs for map and partition and group by and all this kind of stuff, you know. Um, so so the idea is that, uh, you you know, from my perspective, this is really a great resource because I can then start taking that project. Again, I haven't done this yet, but the, but the fact that it's lying on the ground there, you know, uh, and that you can essentially spec all of these things is really cool. Now, that is someone else's opinion, um, and so it's a bit of a shame that that's not maintained by the core team. But yeah, it is what it is. The reason they don't do it, by the way, um, for the moment at least, is partly because it's a big effort, but also because um, there is this notion that if you try to apply those specs, um, like like so, but, you know, many projects will apply specs at runtime, and that makes total sense, you know? That's what you want to do with your data and stuff like that. But if you applied all those specs to closure at runtime, then yeah, you could be you could be in for some serious performance nightmares. Um, so so that's so that's why they don't they don't have such a, a catalog of uh, these specs. But you know, I don't rule it out as a future possibility at some point where they could adopt that that suite and make it a developer version of closure. You know, I know Stu Holloway has talked about that kind of stuff in the past. But it's been restricted by budgets and stuff like this now. You know, maybe with um, with the, their acquisition by New Bank, maybe they've got more. They've definitely got more team. They've got focuses on the team, and I'm sure they'll grow that team over time. Obviously, it's got to be very slow growth because there need to be a certain amount of trust there, and you know, experience and taste and all that usual stuff. Um, but you know, increasing the bandwidth of that team has got to be good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but. I'm kind of like getting off the topic. I mean, you know, <laughs> what topic? the main point, the main so, point. Wait, what is this pro? Okay. Yeah. What is this project called? So, Have you picked a name yet? What, how do I refer to this? Are we calling Yeah, it's it? called replacement. Shut up. Yeah, it's called replacement. Yeah. Replacement. Yeah. Repl. Acement. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I wish I could audio. I'm dancing. I'm wiggling. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> okay yes i i knew oh i i i knew i knew that you would you know i was asking if i had a name because i knew that you would go with like a really good name like you would wait you would and and here we are yes 100 percent repl replacement repl oh god i'm did you think of the name first and you're like okay well i guess i know what i gotta do <laughs> <laughs> well i i've had other repls before um 
and other Rappel projects before. So it's kind of like been in the air for me. But uh, yeah, this was, uh, it, it was, I thought of the project and I thought of the name, but you know, it was a bit of a trolling name and it still is like that. But I think it's, yeah. I support. It's, it's, it's hopefully memorable, you know. I support the mission. So you're doing okay, a workshop, cool. <laughs> a workshop. So, so it's an open source project. Are you taking contributions yet? And if so, how does somebody get involved? Not yet, but the idea is with the work, because it's not really ready for, right. for kind of like uh, sharing yet. But hopefully by the time I get to the workshop, I'll have enough like end to end to demonstrate to say, okay, look, this is like, this is an example UI. This is, this is the sort of like the draft of the protocol that's going to go be between the, the client and the, and the server. And, and this is a sort of draft of how that server looks. And this is, you know, this is the sort of, um, the draft of how that database looks. And yeah, so I'll have all that working and it's, Many of the ideas are it's pretty simple in many ways. You know, I mean, you know, the idea that one of the, I mean, the most important idea to me that is kind of different. Um, there's a lot of differences as we've discussed, but you know, I, you could just say it's a closure and closure project. So use use as many closure things as possible, which I'm doing. So you know, see above. Um, but the the interesting thing that is different, I think, that that maybe these people will have ob objections to but so far not, but let's see, um, is the idea of putting identities onto VARs. So now this does not pollute the language. Okay, let's just be very clear about that. You know, I'm not, but but I do, but I'm, I'm kind of using inspiration from other languages, you know, like Unison and stuff like that, which is a content addressing based language. So, you know, they, what they do is they have, they have kind of like their names are just tags the, na the names are like meaningless to the to the compiler, whereas I'm doing it the other way around. I'm saying, you know, the names are first class. The closure compiler needs that, so I don't want to write a new language. But for the database, for the system, for for replacement, the ID will be first class as well. So that ID and that var will be linked, and then you'll be able to you'll be able to see like, okay, this var calls that var. Well, it's got an ID, so you know you can imagine the kind of graph. Uh, that you would get with Datomic or XT or whatever, you know, so you can just follow that, follow that graph down or something like Asami, which is a graph database. So, you know, you, you, you can imagine that you say, give me all the children of this form and it, bam, it just goes out and finds them, you know, and that's, that's nice. You know, that, that's, that's a, that's a nice thing. And, and like the ancestors and the children, you know, these are sort of things that you can do with these, with these, once you've got identities for things, you can kind of trace them through without, without much, you know, you can use the infrastructure of these graph databases or these immutable databases to do it. And then nice thing is you can kind of like track that over time and all that kind of stuff. So all the usual like selling points of immutable databases. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so so the the the, the big the, that's a big idea I think is to uh, and to put these ideas on the vars, and I, I and I'm the reason why people will be a bit miserable about it I think is because uh, it's useless outside of replacement. So it ma it makes it a bit of an island, you know. Uh, so I and I get that um, you you won't be able to access all of these features and you won't be able to access all of that like goodness outside of replacement so yeah sorry about that but you know that's just one of those things 
that's the you know so, the cost of doing business with replacement. <laughs> so so I mean it's arguable that that's the you know tooling doesn't translate directly to. There's a reason I can use pretty much every single IDE out there at this point is because I've worked with enough people sure. in their IDEs that. So I guess that's my next question. If that exists on an island, how how different will this be to people that um, you know companies can be um, not on purpose. But companies tend to be opinionated about, you know, you, you'll find the teams sure. usually all work in the same kind of environment. Um, mm-hmm. And so getting replacement adopted as a replacement. <laughs> um, yes, how, how do you see that going? Do you think that, um, you know, it'll be able to early on? Will it be some will people will it be so new and different? It's scary. Do you see, um, you know, do you, you're going to have people prophesizing? Oh, my God, you have to try this. Um you know how is it going to be working like screen sharing like let's say we're pairing and i'm using Mm. replacement and or you're you know you're using replacement and you're driving um am Mm. i and and, and some of these questions it's okay to not have sussed out yet but um you know will i be able to well the idea is we'd both be pairing on replacement that would definitely be i mean you know it's 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 kind of built around the concept of a collaborative tool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm kind of starting off in single user mode, but all of the architecture and infrastructure is completely upgradable to a collaborative environment. So when will Apropos be adopting? Uh, yeah, well, that's that's the thing. I mean, you know, part of the part of the motivation for doing this was Apropos, actually, the, the, the YouTube thing that, that I do with uh, Eric and Mia and Mike. Um, and um, we started off with, uh, you know, uh, when, I, when I first started that project with them, um, I was saying that we should really be coding. And th- the question is, well, how do you code when there's like three or four people? And we ended up starting off with Tmux and all these kind of things. But they're just terrible. You yeah. know, they're terrible to share with. And, you know, it's just a nightmare to get them set up and everything. So, I mean, it's, it's vi- it, it does work. It is feasible, but it's not simple you know it's not so i made a shared repl um uh, like a a, 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 and it was based on a prepl as well it's a prepl back end um and a a reframe code mirror front end pretty much the same as i've got now just didn't have the database and stuff but it but but it was like the idea was for for repl sharing it would all work and it took me a little while but it it kind of did work but (laughs) the the annoying thing was that like after about half an hour of editing on the show, everything just ground to a halt. You know, what the hell's going on here? And um, it, it just became unusable. And it turns out that CodeMirror, just at a certain amount of like data in the form, the, the, the buffer and on, the, on the browser, it's just incredibly terrible performance. Um, and, you know, so I didn't know, I, I couldn't fix it because it, I, you know, that was the infrastructure that I was using, which was really, eh, it's pretty horrible, pretty disappointing, you know, and kind of like depressing to some extent, you know, because I put a lot of effort into this thing and uh, it just totally, it just totally flubbed in, in real, in real life usage, you know, it was kind of fine for 10 minutes, which is always I, how I'd always used wait, it. You wait, know? Is it 10 minutes or one <laughs> but, uh, hour? I'm hearing some inconsistent... <laughs> No, it was fine for ten minutes, but then when it got up to an hour, it was just it was okay. just it was just treacle. It was just, you know, it was just, it was just the performance horrible. would just drop. And the just, performance would just the, it was just like exp- very quickly it would just drop. You know, like half an hour in, you'd end up talking about the tool rather than yeah. the programming you wanted to do. So it was just we had to drop it in the end. But 
And so it was kind of like, you know, I was like a lot of, you know, like a lot of programmers, you know, you're trying to find out what, what is the problem? Where are the performance bottlenecks? And I was thinking, is it like the diffing algorithm across the different servers? And I took like a, 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 a diffing algorithm uh, from some third party and improved that. Made no difference at all. You know, zero difference. Uh, it was already fine just using core Eden, just plain Eden. So I learned something there. Um, but um, but the problem was Code Mirror. Code Mirror 5 was a mutable system and it was just incredibly slow. It, it's a memory hog and just, it was just, I was just abusing it, I dare say, but still, whatever. It was, it was, because I was like sending keystrokes and every keystroke was being replicated across all the sessions. Um, and all the, 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 as you evaluate it, all the evaluations are being shared as well. Honestly, it shouldn't have been a problem, to be honest. I mean, it, the actual amount of data going over the wire, like I say, was pretty small. Um, even if you ended up with like an hour's worth of typing, you haven't got that much, you know? So anyway, the, the difference was that Codemira 5 was just a stinker. It just performed terribly on large buffers. And the guy who wrote Codemira re redid it with a functional styly, uh, Codemira 6. And it's all immutable and it's all good. And if you look at like the the um, the people that, that contributed this for closure was the um, the the next journal people like Martin Kavler and people like Martin Kavler and people like that. Um, and you know he's been a great help, Martin. Actually, he helped me to get Code Mirror Six into Reframe because he was using React, so uh, he helped me to get it all hooked up to Reframe. And this thing flies, you know, you can put the whole of Clojure Core namespace into it, you know, as big as it, as big as you like, and it just flies. So, so that, that infrastructure is a lot better. Um, so yeah, so, so the idea would be that um, once we get it, once I get it going, then yeah, Apropos should definitely use it. I mean, you know, um, and it would be kind of nice for these kind of situations where it's not a work environment because, you know, I think all the adopting tools is a horror show and I think it needs to be in a place where the stakes are pretty low. Um, so for us on these kind of shows, uh, educational tools, that kind of stuff, uh, when you're doing like teaching people how to do these things, you might want a, a shared a shared environment or a shared experience. Um, so, so I think that, that kind of tool would be good for that. I'm not saying it's a beginner tool, but I'm saying you can use it with beginners. Do you feel what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's definitely a distinction there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, it's hard to, um, because yeah, when you just, just traditional pairing of somebody screen sharing, driving, it's just, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to teach like that because you're either, you know, you're either yeah. depending on your, your mentee to type and then they're so focused on like, you know, getting things wrong or, you know, whatever that they're not even able to learn or their eyes glaze over as you type. Those are the two <laughs> options yeah, yeah, as of yeah. now, which are yeah. not really great options. But yeah, I'm actually excited to... The, the, the nice thing about the apropos thing was that we could like, each person on the call could essentially type in their answer to this particular problem and you could have evaluated in the REPL. And so it was really like, uh, because it wasn't a project as such, it was just a, it was just a REPL session. So, you know, you could you could keep it lightweight, you know, and if you have like, oh, how do I, how do I, I don't know, make a, make a sort of, how do I sort this word group in, in such a way that it would, you know, partition by the, the A to Z or something. Well, you know, there are 
three or four ways to do it and each of the team you know who's doing it they can like make their ideas and just type it in and you'd see it you know you see what and you have different windows so you can see oh that person over there is typing in this that person over there is typing in that and and as they get evaluated you see it in the REPL and it gets it you know you see all the answers to to everyone else's ideas so this is this is quite nice you know now um, that's not that's not exactly how it's going to work for uh, replacement because it's it's going to be it, it will it will be like that for rep for REPL sessions, um, but it won't be like that for projects because, but but I give you a, a mind blowing concept. Okay, imagine that everyone in the company is using replacement, um, and they're editing their code. If somebody changes something that affects the code that you're editing right now, you'll be able to see it. It's not something which is like going to be visible in a pull request or anything. You know, if they're making a change to a to a to a child that you could call, um, and you know, so it's in a different namespace, so it doesn't look like it's affecting what you're doing, but it is something. You know, they're changing a the signature or something like that. You can get like that message can be flagged, and you know, one of the things I would like to do as a collaborative tooling environment is to open a little chat session with that other person and say, oh, you know. The tool has just told me you're changing the signature. Can we talk about it? Because no, but th this is really good. A whole new no? platform to bicker about code style. I love it. Not style. Not style. <laughs> not style. I think that's important. Not style. I mean, that's that's a that's a perennial. But you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna. I don't have a. I don't have a, a dog in that fight. Let's say. Um, is that is that safe to say these days? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, oh my I don't god! Have a, that's not twenty twenty two. Yeah, I think it's fine. I, I don't have skin in the game. Let's say I don't have skin in the game. I don't uh, know what that, that means. Could, actually, yeah, that but, also uh, that doesn't sound like yeah. it has a good source god. either. Let's, let's, I, I don't really care anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad though. i should care you know i do love people but anyway so but but my point is that uh, you know um if if people tap spaces blah 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 but if people change the signature of a function that you're calling um now you know they might be doing it in a branch or whatever so that's okay so it's not it's not going to affect their local session or your local session but if you see that they're changing it from like a three arity to a four arity or three arity to one arity then you know you can get that now the reason why I like that is because there's a bullshit motto on this company called GitHub and it says social coding. I say, no, that is not social coding. That is, that is, that's unsocial, anti-social coding in my opinion. Yeah, it's, what I'm get, I did proposing the thing. is much more social. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I did the thing. Deal with argue it. Argue with me yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get, I did the thing. See <clears> you. <throat> like, yeah, actually that, I think that causes a lot of stress. I think, I think what I'm proposing is, is like, it's like more grand, more fine grained, more more low stress, low key, in the sense that you know you're changing this thing. Now, if if we've already talked about it, I I look at that change and I see, oh yeah, well Jordan's changing it as as we've already agreed. She's changing it from you know from a three arity to one arity. She's moving it from a parameter set to a map. This is all cool. You know, we're all we're all in line. We're all you know got this little this little warning or whatever saying that it's changing, but I'm just ticking it off because it's not a problem. But but you know. But then randomly you're changing it to something else, and I'm like, eh, Jordan, uh, da -da -da, why are you changing it to a map? I I'm using this, and it's kind of important to me. What's the, what's the idea? Oh god, you know? it's like why? Um, why are you choosing a vector? That seems like it's going to be really hard to deal with down the line, buddy. Why don't we exactly. use hash maps as God yeah, so, intended? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Great point. You know that that should automatically come up in the editor. Actually, you know what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. 
God did not intend this, you know. But uh, yeah, so you know, we can have, we can certainly, uh, you know, CLJ Condo and and and, and Closure LSP, they have God rules, so you know, all those kind of things can be can be incorporated as well, um, because you know, deciding on a style or something, th these things are. I mean, I would like to think that they're pluggable, you know, and, you know, like CLJ Condo and stuff like that, they make it very simple to configure, um, you know, your styling according to your particular, you know, how depending on how, how aggressive you want to follow the style guide. Um, that would be nice to just have like a, uh, do a, a, a switch. You can be like, hit the thing. Because, you know, when you work on different projects with different people and different, like I have my code style preferences. Like I like vertical mm -hmm. alignment. That's just right. what I like. Yeah. It just that it looks nice. Mm -hmm. Some people do not, but at certain, you know, and then certain teams, it just I, I don't know. I'm I'm digressing here, but it would be nice to flip a switch and just be like format it the way so and so does it because I don't I don't feel like arguing about it in a PR later. Sure, sure. I mean, I also think that's total bullshit, by the way. Um, and I think you should have it formatted however you want it formatted. Um, and I think the tool that that like Git and stuff like that should present PRs. That's the nice thing about about what I'm talking about semantic stuff, is the PRs should be semantic, not tab or summer. You know, all this nightmare at the moment that you have because it's all text based. Um, they care about tabs and spaces and all this kind of shit. I mean, you make you make a great point there actually. You know, is that you shouldn't care about that. You should just you should always have it in whatever style you want it. But when you're sharing it, it should be shareable in a way that is semantically interesting you know not arguing about like the indentations and stuff but arguing about well oh you've changed this keyword to a you know to um to a namespace keyword and that's that's yeah. not not that doesn't work for me and that's an interesting discussion you know the rest of it is boring <laughs> so get focused on the stuff that's interesting um and the, 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 the yeah the thing about that is that like formatting code is just a view thing it's just a rendering thing um, uh, um you, you know probably you know from from uh, from your work that and from git that they have this you know they, they have this notion of um recursive hashing um so so the idea of a recursive hash in general is that you know you take like a directory and you say okay hash all the files underneath it and then each of those you know and if it's a subdirectory you had you know blah, blah, blah. so so the so the nice thing about git is it does very quick if there's very fast uh, comparisons at a very high level and it can like it can it can do a very quick dive into which part of the tree is different yeah so we can do the same thing in replacement obviously because you know we can take the the structural data we can recursively hash all of that stuff and then we can very quickly see whether whether there's any meaningful difference you know if there's a meaningful difference I something structurally has changed then ah okay I can see it and and also by the way I've got this code as data so I can see well it's I can see what the data that's changed you know you've changed the number of parameters or you change the you know the 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 arity the number of arities of a particular function or something like that you know so you can you can very quickly focus in on the important interesting stuff that's that's that's, that's emerging from your from your like from your diverging code bases yeah yeah but what but i mean that's, that's definitely far future i'm just trying to say that's the kind of possibility that's opening up with this tool yeah yeah what you're embracing i can't actually i can't wait to use it with um this clown project that we have going up because i think you bring up a very interesting thing of 
um, the relevant parts. What are the important parts? When you're trying to teach somebody, um, mm -hmm. it, the white space doesn't matter. The formatting doesn't matter. You know, it, um, mm -hmm. there are relevant semantic differences that are going to differ, especially with the clown soul. It's kind of very similar, kind of similar to apropos in the way that we have like four or five, how many of us? We, five, I think it's five of us hosts. And, um, you know, the whole point is for people to ask us questions and for us all to give our different opinions. And so it would be so mm -hmm. valuable and cool to have a tool that we can all show how we would do it in the REPL. That will be, um, that well, it could be a nice, you could be, you could be a nice customer. You know, I'll try Apropos first. And, uh, and if Mike likes it, actually, he's on, yeah, he can, uh, he can suggest it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, I think um, for those kind of like interactive situations, uh, where, where I, like I say, where the stakes are low, I think that's going to be the first like target. Um, that's uh, I imagine that's those are the people that are going to pick it up first. Okay. So, you know, um, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of <laughs> oversell it at the point where it's it's pretty much vaporware at the moment anyway. So. <laughs> okay. So we talked about how to get involved, which is. Not yet, except I'm sure that if you got really passionate and somebody sent you an email or a Slack message or a Discord, you're on, you're on Discord, you're a Discordian. Um, well, I, I, the thing is, uh, I should say that in terms of getting involved, I, uh, we have a Discord server, um, but I'm thinking about the reason why I set up a Discord server was because the closure in Slack was on the, the amateur hour. Um, where it's losing all the history and stuff like that, oh, so you can't yeah. have good conversations. We fixed that. But now it's on a pro. Now it's on a good plan. Yeah, it's good. It's great. Um, yeah, it's um, it's epic. So so I'm thinking about like disbanding uh, that that little like offshoot uh, on Discord and bringing it back to Clojure and Slack. So I will do that in the coming days, weeks. Um, you know, hopefully before this podcast goes out, and I'll have a channel there. And, and certainly people can hit me up on the ideas, check out the, you know, check out the, I've got a repo with all the kind of motivations, the background. I've obviously got work in progress repo as well. Um, so, and there are people there who, who kind of like, I've, I've like, you know, asked, I mean, I asked you to get involved. I've asked other people to get involved as well, um, who I, you know, whose opinions, you know, I value a lot. Um, actually, that's, it's just people I know, and uh, so. Wait, you, you don't know, you I, don't value your friends' opinions? No, I do. I, that's what I mean. I, I'm lucky that I uh, I, keep good I know a lot of people in the closure community whose values whose opinions I value. So, but there are there are plenty of people uh, you know that I haven't had managed to get in touch with yet um, because I don't know them all. So it's like <laughs> so obviously on Slack it's much better because you know people can like come up and get involved and like I say I'm hoping that the closure D thing will be a bit of an accelerant for community involvement you know I'll be a better position to be able to talk about what what the sort of the ways to get involved the ways to contribute um, we'll have some like I say some like front to back infrastructure in place um, the thing is, you need to do something. There are plenty of people, by the way, on the internet talking about this idea, um, and they have all you know, all kinds of like long threads, long threads, long threads. And I just say, okay, just make some code. You know, let's make some code. And and people are starting to make these kind of things. So you know, I'm I'm okay with anyone that's kind of like wants to make some code and 
contribute the ideas. Everything's up for grabs really at this point, you know. Cool. The core ideas are not, but the uh, but the, the technology, the implementations, you know, are not. But yeah, anyway, blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. Well, I'll shut up. We, <laughs> okay. Well, the thing is, we have it's it's we're at the end of the hour, right? I'm actually upset that I had a whole list of prompts I was going to ask that don't really matter, but I'm glad we got to talk about your this project instead. Um, yeah, none of these. Uh, these, none of these questions matter in comparison to the conversation we just had. I was gonna be like, "So, how do you feel about Elon Musk buying Twitter?" Like, <laughs> you know, don't even answer. By the time, by the time I put this out, for all I know, he would have like bought like Google and Apple and like Facebook by then, <laughs> and like it'll be. Uh... Yeah. But well, um, yeah, do you? I have any last words any last thoughts anything you want to leave our listeners that have held on with you for this long um well i, I my my only thought is is generally like about this project is like keep the faith on closure and start you know as much as possible use the closure things and i i'm hoping that we can do you know a lot of stuff with the basic materials and the raw materials from the ecosystem um, to make something really good for ourselves. And, uh, you know, I, I, this is a sort of unusual project in the sense that it's it's purely serving the closure community. Um, but, you know, we'll see it. We'll see where it goes. I, I think it's got it's got some possibilities this time around because there's such a lot of um, good stuff lying around in closure and in the community. Um, you know, and and I, I'm I'm very grateful for that. Um, and it's it, to be honest, it's one of these things. Like I was kind of saying earlier on, that it's it's an idea that I've sort of been gestating a little bit for a while. So for me, it's kind of good to get stuck into it and to make it real. And we'll we'll see how it works. And uh, it's a bit of a a passion project, a sort of hobby project. Um, and we'll see where it takes us uh luckily I've, I've got a supportive family so i can i can kind of spend quite a bit of time on it so that's good and uh if we can get a few more people that are that are willing to contribute stuff along the way then i'll be very happy well i'm very excited to see what you produce and i will be following very very closely um and i look forward Thank to you your uh, workshop at closure d maybe i can I'll, I'll be there yeah it'll be very exciting to to meet in real life jordan and uh it'll be I'm, I'm really looking forward to that workshop as well and the whole conference yeah i think the closure d guys are epic yeah yeah i can't wait i can't wait to see irl too okay anyway well thanks for listening folks we will see you next time bye